welcome to Raven Conversations, the show where we bring you the news and information around the Washington National Guard. I'm Sarah Morris, and on today's episode, Joe and I sit down with two of the authors of Images of America, Washington National Guard, Andy Leanwaver and Rick Patterson. The book tells the story of the Washington National Guard in photographs and stories, and it is offered not only for history buffs, but also for the thousands of current and past National Guard members, families, friends, and neighbors touched by their service to state and nation. Enjoy! Bigfoot country is earthquake country. If an earthquake were to happen right now, what would you do? When you feel the ground shaking, drop, cover, and hold on. Do not run or you may be injured by things falling. Remember, if you are near the ocean, the ground shaking is your warning that a tsunami may be coming. After the shaking stops, move to high ground and stay there. Make sure to listen to local emergency officials. Have enough supplies to be self-sufficient for two weeks after a disaster. For more information about earthquakes in Washington, visit mill.wa.gov preparedness. Be sure to follow us on social media. Stay up to date on all the cool events, stories, photos, and videos happening around the Washington National Guard. If you have a question, have a comment, or just want to say hi, send us a DM, PM, tweet at us, whatever, and we'll answer you. We also love to share and collaborate. Send us the photos or videos you take at Drill or AT, and we'll tag you. Are you an active Instagrammer? Well, you might be a perfect candidate to take over our account. Send us a message, and we'll set something up. To find us, do a search for WA National Guard. That's WA National Guard, and look for the blue check mark. Okay, so today we're at the museum, and we are going to talk about the brand new book, The Images of America, Washington National Guard, and we have the authors. Joe's here, too. I'm here, too. Uh, So let's start with Rick. Okay, uh, Rick Patterson here, um, one of the uh, three authors of of the book, Uh, uh, and I think I'll let Andy introduce himself. Okay. Andy? And I'm Andy Lefker, uh, one of the other authors of the book. And then what is your association to the Guard? Go ahead, Andy. Uh, my, associ- my association to the Guard is uh, uh, I spent 16 years in the Washington Guard, out of 33 years in the Army, and I retired 06 Colonel from the Army. Awesome. Rick? Yeah, my uh, entire career was with the Washington Guard. I started in, uh, well, a long time ago, 1967, I believe, and um, was full-time as a guardsman for a number of those years, uh, back in the early days, and then again recently until I retired in 2012. And then I've been affiliated with the museum uh, since about 2005, I believe. So, uh, lo- long history, and uh, both Andy and I and uh, Bill Woodward, uh, the third author, uh, also a former guardsman. Uh, Bill couldn't be with us today. He's, he's an active professor of history at Seattle Pacific University and, and not available to join us, but uh, uh, Bill brought not only his professional historian uh, hat with him, uh, he very interested in guard history and has written small pieces and so forth and so on. I was glad to join the team and uh, brought a tremendous amount of um, knowledge and research and background to the book. It was really helpful. 
and Rick is being extremely modest about his career. He, uh, he was the state PAO for a number of years. He was the state communication director for a number of years. Yeah. And, uh, he kind of helped set up the office the way it is now with myself and, uh, Karina Shagrin as the, uh, the uh, team. I guess so. Of course you guys are doing it much better now. than. <laughs> <laughs> it's just a lot different. I'm sure. Yeah. Perhaps just different. Awesome. So what, inspired you to uh, create this book? Well, a couple things, and I'll let Andy read in as well, but I, I think from my perspective, it, it had to do with um, bringing together in this format, which is pictorial, not it's not a long narrative. Um, in fact, it's few on words and long on, on photographs. This particular format gave us an opportunity to kind of tell the entire story in a shortened version uh, not to diminish the whole story, but to try to highlight uh, the guard history going back about 125 years uh, for Washington, so that current members uh, and some past members that have some history with the guard, but maybe don't know the beginnings going back to the 1850s, uh, just kind of how we got started. So it's kind of a review, it's kind of a summary, and we wanted to get it published so that we could put it into the record uh, for people to have. It'll be here in the museum, of course, but uh, it's fairly inexpensive to be purchased across, you know, a broad spectrum of uh, society. I mean, anybody can afford one and, and kind of get a brief history. It does take very long to read it, uh, but it, hopefully it'll be enjoyed by, by a lot of people, not just guardsmen and former guards. Andy, what's your take? Well, yeah, it is. We had an opportunity to, to help everyone in the Guard and everyone in the Washington community, because that's the work we serve, understand the diversity of our history. Um, more, too often, we're focusing in on the current events, the post-9-11 period, but there have been an awful lot of Washington citizens that went before us that have done great things. So, uh, I mean, I've had a, a chance to kind of go through and read the book. And, and if you, for the listeners, if you've never read a Images of America book, um, and it's Acadia, I believe is the publisher. Arcadia, Arcadia. is the publisher, yeah. Um, they're, they're very easy to intake, which is fantastic. They've got a ton of them about different cities in Washington and really different cities across the United States. We see a lot of the Washington ones, um, obviously, where we live. Um, but... Uh, they're, they're super easy to intake and, and just kind of go through. It doesn't take long to, to go through it. Um, having a chance to go through it now, there's, there's photos I've, I've seen a hundred times probably just sitting there in the archives. I know I've walked through the museum. I see a lot of the same photos. What, uh, from the author's standpoint, was there anything you guys learned? I mean, I know you guys are kind of the, 
the history buffs of the of the Washington National Guard and our history as an organization, but was there something you guys learned even? Oh gosh, yeah, absolutely. Uh, and I think, and I think Andy will probably echo this. Uh, we didn't really understand it initially what we were taking on, but I think as we began to um, come up with a format that, that laid out the history kind of broke it up into time pieces, World War One and Two, and et cetera, some of the big pieces. We began to realize that we were, one, gonna to have to be very selective about how we summarize this history. I mean, we have thousands of photographs and uh, we had to get it to a manageable number. So in that work, we spent, I can't, I can't even begin to speculate the total number of hours that we put in on this thing, uh, both as a group of three authors, or sometimes just Andy and I, or sometimes just Bill and I. Uh, but at home, late hours, I know Andy works full time, so he's a pretty busy guy. I know he's doing some of this stuff at, at uh, midnight hours. We just came across facts that we just had never heard before, and we spent a lot of time tracking those down to ensure that we were correct, and, and we didn't uh, uh, perpetuate the story out there that, uh, of course, there are things we couldn't Prove, but we did go into to archives at both the history, the, the state history uh, association downtown. We went into the state archives in Olympia. Um, we called newspapers around the state and talked to people that had written or, or had archives of written stories of the guard. So uh, I found out, you know, hundreds of things I didn't know, and I found it fascinating. And we wanted to put them all in the book, but we couldn't. So. Uh, you know, maybe uh, maybe Andy will do version two of this book later on, right, Andy? <laughs> yes. The uh, uh, but I mean, we still we covered up through uh, 2015 for the most part, um, and so version two, if it's ever done, would be that that we'd have to develop a different perspective or focus in on a particular item like. Naval militia. Um, New York State is the only one with with a, an existing naval militia, but Washington State had one. Or the Coast Artillery that became um, the defenders of, of the airspace around uh, the Seattle and uh, Spokane and Hanford metro areas. Um, you know, so that that could potentially be the second version is a, a tightening down of of. Uh, get to a particular subject. We wanted to cover, you know, the 150 years um, as best we could as a as an initial look at, at the history. Yeah, and you guys kind of talk about the broad brush of, yeah, it's 150 years of history. Um, but within that 150 years, and, and Andy, you kind of hit it, and Rick, you did too, is you've got units like the, the 141st is celebrating its 95th year and in 95 years, they've had a ton of history oh. that it could have been its own book. It, it absolutely could, yeah. The, the 161 in Spokane, you're talking 85 years now of history within Washington. And, and really, the units can kind of trace back to the first Washington territorial militia. Yeah, absolutely. So so it's you guys, I think, had the, the hard the hard job of telling the stories of the, the units as well as the whole organization. And you only had, what, a couple hundred pages maybe to do it? Yeah. Yeah, that, that was a challenge, and uh, so that's why I, I believe there's still plenty of opportunity for follow-on, uh, either in this uh, uh, Arcadia Images of America format or some other. I mean, it, and, and actually, I know that uh, 
uh, Bill Woodward has a plan for, for his own uh, collection of research that he's been doing for years. Uh, some, at some point, he's still teaching, uh, so he probably doesn't have the time, but I, I think he intends to do that. Is there a, um, like a favorite fact that you found out through all of this research that you didn't know before? Andy? I'm sorry, what, what was that? Is there a favorite fact that you found out through this research that you didn't know before? A favorite fact that I didn't know before doing that? Um, hmm, let me think about that. I, I got it. Oh, yeah, I think it was Go ahead, the Andy. Adjutant General James Drain and his fascinating background. Um, he was uh, actually uh, was missing a hand due to a hunting accident, and then he um, and he went on to D.C. to help write the Dick Act, which was really the, the founding document of the new uh, of the current National Guard. And then he went on to be on Pershing's staff during World War One. Only uh, only active duty officer in World War One. Who was a amputee, amputee to serve? Huh. Yeah, so interesting fact about him. Yeah, my favorite is another adjutant general, uh, and I touched on him a little bit in the book, and that's uh, Ensley Llewellyn. Now, Ensley has two stories to his credit. One uh, absolutely incredible time during World War II, served on. General Eisenhower's staff, and Eisenhower asked him to re-energize, very early in the war, the Stars and Stripes Soldiers magazine to give the soldiers in, in Europe and really all around the world, um, because they ended up doing multiple versions of it in the Pacific and so forth, to give them entertainment. And so it was predominantly stories from home, uh, sports and movie, Hollywood stuff and so forth. Ensley Llewellyn was not a journalist, but he was a manager and he was a very clever man. And he got that going to the point that uh, it became incredibly um, well read around the world. There were eight different language versions of it at the end of the war. And, but he did a lot of other things. He did, he did a, uh, the word they used was buying service. He set up a system by which soldiers in the European theater could buy gifts like in, in, in uh, high-end Parisian stores in France and send them home, perfumes and mm -hmm. other things. Uh, it was extremely popular. That uh, mm. uh, He also came back to the States, uh, served as the adjutant general for a time, and then went on to continue to serve, and served uh, in incredible roles for the government. Uh, on the Civil Service Commission and just a whole lot of things. Just an incredible guy. Uh, my connection that I found fascinating about him is uh, he was in the beginning and after the war in the advertising industry, which is what I did for a lot of my civilian career. Uh, and in fact, his agency existed up in my little community of university place uh, until the 1960s. I mean, it still existed, which I thought was incredible. So, just another one of those fascinating characters. As Andy said, 
you know, Drain was one, uh, Inslee Llewellyn was one, uh, Lilliburn Stevens was an adjutant general in the 50s. In World War II, he was a tanker, and he was part of the famous uh, 803rd that fought in, in uh, the European theater, one of the only guard units from Washington to fight the European theater. Uh, oh, what, and, and what about, um, oh gosh, I just lost his name, who did the Stars and Stripes? I just mentioned. Okay. Llewellyn, Stars. yeah, Stars and Stripes. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and then, um, Oh, uh, boy, I'm having a hard time remembering the names. The adjutant general who, um, for a time, was also the superintendent of Yellowstone National Park. Oh, cool. That's cool. Uh, yes, thank you for throwing that out there and not, not remembering the name because you've put us in an awkward position here, Andy. But uh, it'll, it'll come to one of us here soon. Yeah. <laughs> but, 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 I mean, I'll, that, that's the thing about the history that, that we've discovered that the Washington National Guard um, it had, it has been on the national stage since the beginning, and more so than a lot of the other states. Yeah, I think so, and, and, and to, to jump on top of that again with one more quick story about a famous Washington Guardsman, we get to talk about John Fancher from Spokane. Fancher was a uh, World War I aviator, came back to Spokane where he was born and raised, was going to be a farmer, and all of a sudden there was an opportunity to start an observation squadron for the Air Guard, and the community of Spokane stood up and, and said, we've got the funds, we've got the airport we want to put it in, and we've got a World War I hero here we want to make commander of, of the unit in 1924. Uh, and that unit still exists today. It's absolutely incredible. I mean, they aren't an observation squadron anymore. They're an air refueling wing, but uh, the heritage of the unit continues in, in Spokane. Uh, John Fancher was a friend of Charles Lindbergh. Uh, he was a personal friend of the president uh, at the time, Calvin Coolidge. I mean, it's just amazing the national, like Andy said, the national notoriety of some of the Washington Guardsmen of the past. Yeah. And Fancher's story is a whole another podcast oh, yes. for a whole another day. Yeah, yes, his, his, uh, his history in the Washington Guard and him as a pilot is yeah. phenomenal. Um, yeah. And uh, even it, up to his death, yeah. um, it, it was phenomenal. Quite, quite dramatic death. Yeah. yeah. So we, we should do that, Joe. We should tell that story yeah. at another time. Yeah, I've never heard it. It's, oh, it's pretty interesting. So, hear it, Sarah. so the Ace of Spades uh, over on the other side of the state. Right. Um, you see the ace of spades with the dagger through it. I mean, everybody knows that's the 141st. Right. Or, yeah. yeah, I mean, the units out of Fairchild, one of the units, yeah. the National yeah. Guard unit. It's, and that it's actually, kind of the call. The yeah, that call actually, that, that emblem came into being after Fancher, but it was during his kind of his tenure. And that's an additional story. That, uh, as, as, did, as did you, Rick, did you mention Wads? I, I haven't. Their actions? I haven't, but it's, uh, it's a thank you. Why don't you jump in there, Andy? And, so the Western Air Defense Sector is a guard-only, well, not only, but a guard-led unit, um, which is joint and multinational. Yes. And they're responsible um, in, in uh, right after um, the attacks on, on New York and, and the Pentagon on 9-11, they were responsible for clearing the skies 
in West in the Western U.S. and then launching and managing the combat air patrols that were being conducted over over the major Western U.S. cities, um, and that was all guard. So the guard, the Washington Guard specifically, was involved following 911 almost immediately. Yeah, and actually, uh, I'm 95% sure on this fact. Uh, they took over much more than their normal sector on that day because the Eastern Air Defense Sector managed to had to shrink their their um, coverage down in order to uh, keep up with all of the demands on the Eastern Coast that day. And so, what would normally have been sort of an even split between the two the Western air defense sector sort of took over, like, I would say, three-fourths um, of the coverage. Yeah, we should probably plan to get, in a future podcast, somebody like Robert Zell or yes. Yes. someone who was there that day. And I know uh, Robert, our director of emergency management, Andy's boss, was was in the seat, in the hot seat that day, yeah. Uh, yeah. now retired and, and works for the state. In fact, Robert helped me to write the caption for the photo that we have in the book. <laughs> there you go. Because, because we wanted to make sure we got it right. Yeah. Right, Robert, exactly. Robert's story is absolutely fantastic it is. Yeah. about 9-11. Uh, we had the opportunity, my gosh, I want to say it was four or five years ago to talk to Paul Groover oh, about yeah. his 9-11 story. Sure. And his was fantastic as well. Yeah. Um, uh, unfortunately, I have to drop for uh, another call, but throw in one last thing. Uh, In the post 9-11 period, the Guard um, in general and the Washington Guard specifically have been called to disaster response while they have been, uh, you know, uh, it's a task that we do very well in the state and all the the state's guards do it very well. But it's a, uh, while our units were deployed into combat zones, two instances I know specifically in Afghanistan uh, and uh, in the Horn of Africa, following um, the earthquake in Pakistan, the uh, the 66 aviation units that were in Afghanistan at the time immediately were called in to provide humanitarian airlift support. And then in the Horn of Africa in 2004, following flooding, the uh, units of Washington National Guard they are an army who were in the Horn of Africa were called to duty uh, to provide humanitarian support following flooding. And so that's a huge thing that the Guard does so well that while deployed in the combat zones, the active duty relies on the Guard to do. So uh, it's just one extra thing that the Guard is, that the Guard does, and it's part of the history that we wanted to make sure that we uh, highlighted. Yeah, that's awesome. I didn't yeah. know that at all. No, oh, thanks for joining us. Yes, Andy. thank you, Andy. Um, okay, great. Yeah, so, I mean, so there's so many interesting pictures, obviously, since it's a book of images. What is your favorite image? Oh, gosh. Uh, I have many, <laughs> so it's kind of difficult. Um, Joe has uh, one, you know, apparently. We, we, went, uh, we went through quite a uh, deliberation on coming up with the cover photo, which, you know, certainly the cover is kind of what's designed to help draw you in. Uh, 
Which one I, is that? Jim? Mine are the Mount St. Helens. Um, oh, those and, are so they're, good. They're fantastic. They're so yeah, good. That, that, of course, that's another great story, that whole effort by tremendous uh, effort by the Guard in Washington to support everything that happened in the aftermath. And actually, prior to, uh, Guard was on duty uh, prior to the actual eruption. So, yeah, it's a wonderful story, and there's some great photos there. Um, Yours is the cover. Well, I think mine is the cover. And, and, and are they on a tank? I can't remember. No, tell. they're no. not. Th this group uh, that Where? we featured on the cover uh, is from the 161 Infantry okay. uh, during World War II. And the photo was taken uh, on Luzon, uh, the Philippines, okay. uh, towards the end of the war. And what's unique about this, the story and the photo of these particular men, uh, there's actually 13 of them in the photo. Uh, but they called themselves uh, the Dirty Dozen. Um, they're not they, good at counting. What's that? Oh, infantrymen, they're, not they're good just at not good at yeah, counting. Yeah, no, that's not their long suit. <laughs> Baker's uh, Dozen. Baker's Dozen. Baker's Dozen, um, there we go. But what's unique about them, and I, and I think kind of uh, suggest what makes them very special to the whole guard, is they are a group of individuals who serve from the beginning of the war when the 161 was activated and stayed in the regiment the entire throughout throughout mm -hmm. and and so they're the original if you will 13 that that came through the entire um, second world war pretty amazing group unfortunately two of the ones featured on the cover later uh, died in combat before okay. the war was over and were they in the Pacific the whole time? They, they, they were, were okay. yeah. yeah. That's, I mean, it makes sense a, geographically, but that doesn't always a, mean it makes sense. It's another wise. story for another day. And, <laughs> yeah, and we a, had the, the fortune of WSU going through and, and doing a full-blown book about them. And they, they did. They also did a great video using mm -hmm. uh, video footage that was there before, I think, not some of it not discovered. And they put together a great piece, and it's it's really worth seeing. I don't know where it's available, Joe. I, I have. We have it. Okay. Mm -hmm. It's really a good video. We can put a link in the show notes. Good. We can link it to the show notes. A link it, would yeah. be great. Yeah, yeah. I think we have the right to use it, do we not? Okay. Mm -hmm. Anyway, there's there's that's a great photo, but it's, it's just an example. Uh, okay. There's tons of great photos in there of people and activities and dedication. I mean, I, we kind of feel like the important thing about this book is it's we dedicated it to all guardsmen, past and present, and that we really mean that, that everyone, not only that's featured in the book, and everyone uh, from soup to nuts, going back a hundred and whatever it is, number of years, is about everybody's service. You know, the, right. the young cavalrymen of, of the early 20s, the tankers of the later period, although tankers aren't my favorite, but... Uh, <laughs> um, I'm married to a tanker, so I guess I they're my are. favorite. And, and I got another one sitting next to me over here. Uh, but all of them, heroes in their own. I mean, we couldn't possibly get everybody in the book, and I'm sure people are going to say, well, where's my story? Well, your story is a wonderful story, and keep it alive. Tell your grandkids. Tell us. Tell the public affairs Tell office. Tell the public affairs office. If there's something that, that you want to bring forward, you just got the offer there. Go, go see uh, Sarah and Joe in the yep. public affairs office. We'll tell that, that story. story out there. Mm -hmm. So lots of favorite pictures, just too many to mention. 
Well, as a former public affairs officer yourself, I'm sure you understand our love of a book of photos that show the history just because it just reinforces how important our job is taking dynamic photographs in the, the, the times that we're, we're out there using our skills. Yeah, well, they were really hard to select. Like I said, we had, sure. to, we had to get it down to under 240 out of thousands, literally yeah. thousands. Yeah. We had them pinned up in this very room on the walls, and <laughs> making selections and arguing over that one should stay and this one can go. Right. It was really hard. It was a tough, tough fight to get. So there's lots of stuff yet to be published in our archives that uh, I hope the future will see um, us able to do somehow, whether it's digitally online or, you know, and Joe and Sarah will need your help to do that. Yeah, of course. We're, we would love to help you publish photos. Yeah. Well, I, I think you guys did a fantastic job. Yeah, it's great. Um, it's a great book. It's very, like I said, it's a very easy read. Yeah, it's not super too long. Easy. Um, no, and I think every guardsman, if given an opportunity, should pick up a copy and, and really look at it, you know, and really kind of take in the history. And that's how you kind of build that esprit de corps and pride. So. Sure, absolutely. And uh, I'll do a shameless... Uh, endorsement here of uh, where to get the book uh, oh yes please it's available, tell us it's available uh, online in several stores it's available here at the museum of course we'd be happy to present you with a gift copy for a a, uh, a donation. donation to the and museum sign and sign it to the society an autograph. and the authors will sign it before you if you want to get in here and and purchase one from or make a donation here to the museum and the historical society but it's also available very simply at Amazon, at Walmart, at Barnes and Noble. I mean, it's just widely available thanks to the marketing of Arcadia, a great little publisher that uh, is, is the premier publisher in this type of book. I mean, there's, there's uh, literally tens of thousands of titles that they put out that are just, they're all really pretty remarkable. Mm -hmm. I've got many, many in my own library, so. Awesome. Do you have anything else? Is there anything we missed that you want to make sure you say? Oh, gosh. Missed? No, I don't think so. Uh, <laughs> it was our pleasure to do it. it was, it's our pleasure to present it to the community of the Washington Guard. Um, and, and one last shameless pitch. I mentioned the book is, is for sale in stores and retail outlets. Uh, all of the profits, every penny, uh, comes back to the Historical Society to support what myself and uh, everyone here in the Historical Society Museum are doing every day. That's, that's our whole goal, is to perpetuate telling the history like this, uh, and, and we plan to continue doing it with displays here in the museum and maybe some other products down the road. We'll see. More books. More. Displays <laughs> and armories, too. Yeah, yeah, sure, yeah. Yeah, awesome. Well, I can't encourage anyone more than to come to the museum and to give a donation and get an autograph from the very famous authors of this book. You can get the autograph from the forward <laughs> author, the tag. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Yeah, awesome. Well, thank you so much. Thank you.